Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still very much knee deep in tech. This is episode 97, recorded on the 15th of November 2019. And I think we both suffer from the post Microsoft Ignite plague. I was just about to say that this episode will go under the name The Cold Hangover. The Cold Hangover, I see. Yeah. And it, the, the irony that we uh, don't have the Finn with us because he decided to bow out due to illness, I didn't know he actually could have such a cold hangover. No, and uh, I think we both have uh, realized a few things with our third member over the last uh, 24 hours that we both were kind of surprised about. Such as? Such as the the slight um, mix-up based on Chromium and Edge-based Chromium. Oh, yeah. We, we really should talk about that when he's not here, right? Oh, we should definitely. So what happened was Simon and I have been extolling the virtues of Edge Chromium or the, the Edge Beta or Edge Dev. I think I, I, you, started, you started using it first yeah. and you enjoyed it immensely. Absolutely. I was kind of late to the party and, as always, highly skeptical whenever Simon says anything good about Edge. And then came Tony, who was of the opinion that, no, this was absolute and horrible crap. What he did not know was the fact that he had uh, used the wrong Chromium. Yeah, so he has been running the vanilla Chromium for a couple of months now and haven't like he hasn't even said anything to us about how bad he thought it were and he couldn't for his life understand why we enjoyed it so much no but yesterday he realized his mistake yep he did and he told us in no uncertain terms that he uh, kind of doubted his sanity and that we were more than okay to badger him about it which we of course will do consistently yeah, th- th- I think that's uh, like one of the uh, most important things we do as uh, public service. Badgering the should, Yeah, being honest about our mistakes, others' mistakes, and... Uh, especially his mistakes. Yeah, especially others' mistakes, I would say. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So we've had a bit of a, a picking up the pieces after Microsoft Ignite week. Yeah, I've been running around and basically trying to figure out where I'm at, what do I need to do going forward, and what's next. So I've had a lot of discussions with uh, customers. We did a, a Best of Ignite uh, recap in Nordic Shopping yesterday, and I've had a lot of conversations with uh, my, my Danish colleagues as well. I, I literally just came back from uh, Ignite, uh, changed bags and went straight to Denmark. So I've I've been on the road a bit. What have you been doing? Uh, I've been uh, having a cold, basically. Oh no, okay. no, so I started off full-time I, job. Yeah, kind of. I've been, I've been to Stockholm once, um, but other than that, it's uh, it's been uh, working from home, trying to uh, handle my cold and uh, unpacking bags and uh, such. And that to me, it's been. Yeah, to me it's been a kind of a slow week, but uh, in a good way. I think that was needed after Ignite. Yeah, so the the uh, Microsoft Ignite this year was 
by far the most high speed and in, intense experience I've had in years. Yep. And that kind of leads us to what's going to happen next week because the both you and I are going to Experts Live in the Czech Republic. Yep. And I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I haven't taken a look at the weather. I'm, I'm guessing it should be quite cold. Oh, that reminds me. No, I haven't looked at that either. I but need to look yeah. into it. Uh, because I, I I need to buy a new winter jacket anyways. Um, but I'll be speaking on Windows Virtual Desktop and Microsoft 365, and you'll be doing your... Which one of your sessions will you be doing? I will actually be doing both of the sessions that I did both in Orlando. Um, yeah. With the difference that the second session, SQL Server Hates You, will be a full-length um, session in uh, in Prague as opposed to a 20-minute session. Yeah, cool. And we'll, of course, be at the VIP party, so please feel free to hang out with us, ask us questions prior to Experts Live, and we'll be at the conference for both days, of course. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm very and much looking forward because it's like 25-odd years since I went to the Czech Republic. It wasn't even called the... the uh, <laughs> exactly. I was just about Czech to say, Republic was it even Czech then. Republic no, back then? <laughs> it was Czechoslovakia by then, back, back then. Yep. And I've never been there, but I've heard a lot of good things about it and, of course, Czech beer. Mm, you need to check so, out the Czech beer. Absolutely. And... Uh, so and we spoken to Isadora uh, at uh, or in Orlando, uh, and she is really confident that this will be the best experts live so far. Yeah, so that's Isadora Katanich, the organizer of yeah. uh, Experts Live. It's yeah. uh, Isadora and Marcel from Switzerland yeah. that are the main organizers, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, join us there. Depending on where when this episode comes out, you may still have time to sign up. I think they close sign-ups on Monday the uh, 18th, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds reasonable. Yep. So hopefully we'll see you there. Oh, absolutely. And then we have a bunch of other things coming up, but I think that's for another episode of things we'll do. Do you have anything else before the holidays? Not uh, official, so to speak. I'm gonna be running all over uh, for work, but not uh, not going anywhere. Speaking as as the the situation stands right now. Yeah, I think I I will be doing two different sessions that will be in two different advent calendars. Oh really? Uh, yeah, before the end of the year. Uh, one is official, the um, Gregor and uh, Richards uh, Adv Asher advent calendar. Oh, nice. And uh, one more that I don't know if it's official yet, so I'll keep that to myself for now, but hopefully two different sessions in two different advent calendars over the next month. Cool. We'll have yep. to be lo looking to doing something similar as well. Yeah, absolutely. We we need a, a advent or a Christmas special, which can be absolutely hilarious. Oh. We might actually need to do video. Yeah, I was just about to say that would be hilarious. Oh, God. Did we just commit to this? Yes, we did. And we okay. did it on behalf of Tony as well. Of course. He is not here. So, yes, he is by proxy in this. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to, to what people actually are listening to this podcast for. Oh, you mean something serious? Yeah. So, I would say so. 
Power BI November update came out. And just as we were kind of uh, trying to catch our collective breath after Microsoft Ignite, we had a lot of new things. So, so some, even some... more new things after Ignite that weren't announced there? Um, yes and no. I mean, things were announced at Ignite and then they were released in the November yeah. update. So the, the there were a lot of updates. I mean, holy cow, they keep banging this poor ball out of, of the park. But in this case, I'm going to focus on just a few. So the first one is, I think you're going to like this one, the Modern Ribbon. It Oh! Yeah, so Power BI looks a lot more like uh, Office these days. I think that makes a ton of sense, to be honest. It does, it does. And they are actually using the code from the Office team. So it's, it's going to have pretty much the same functionality. There are some bugs, there are some features missing, uh, such as the Save button. Uh, but it's going to get there. <laughs> Uh, there was a conversation online just the other day, so it, it's going to get back. We also have one of my my favorite things, which is the decomposition tree. And there are so many people who have said that this is like the best visualization ever. And the whole idea with the decomposition tree is that you can find out what categories of data are, are influencing the net result. So it's it's a tool for doing visual root cause analysis. And if your data is suitable for doing this kind of root cause analysis using the decomposition tree, it is absolutely fabulous. And what's even more fun is that you can use this to filter other visuals. So when I click around in the decomposition tree, it will actually inf influence the other visuals on, on your report, which is absolutely amazing. So that's that's pretty cool. And I think it's always interesting that we are talking about visualization tools in a non-video recording. Yeah, it, I know. But but I think it sounds cool. Oh, it is cool. It's it's super cool. And go go play with it, because that's the easiest way to get a handle on what it can actually do. But yeah. let's, let's just say you have sales data, and you can easily see which uh, country is uh, driving the main sales and yep. within each country what part of the country yada yada and and this this is so simple to visualize with the decomposition tree you can do it in in uh, drill down with uh, any other visuals if you so desire but the decomposition tree that's dead easy that's exactly what it's designed for i i like the name of the next uh, feature the advanced gauge yeah as opposed to the not so advanced gauge, exactly. That that sounds like something that would fit my car brilliantly. Advanced gauges, yeah, yeah. So so the gauge is a very simple visual, really. It 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 it's designed to compare a value against a target value, right? Okay. But I mean, for instance, say a KPI. Yep. You have you have sixty percent result against this specific KPI, but the advanced gauge gives you more control and it gives you uh, control over over um, colors. It gets you control over placement of needles. You can have several gauges inside other gauges and so on and so forth. So it it really takes the visual to the next level, and you can do some really slick things with this uh, gauge that you cannot do with the, the basic gauge. So 
do check it out. It's it's a small update, but it can also be the difference between an okay uh, and a really, really good report. And then we have the AI functions in Power Query. So a couple of months back, we got the preview of AutoML, Automatic Machine Learning in, in Power BI, and that was in the data flows. So that was backed by the service. So this means that in a data flow, which is Power Query, I can have a column with um, reviews, for instance. And then I ask AutoML to do a sentiment analysis on this column, and I will automatically get another column with the sentiment score. For this to work, you needed A, to do it on a premium workspace, which makes sense because this requires more compute than you, you technically have available in the shared, shared workspace. And you also needed to do this as a data flow because that's what's the only way to access the AutoML components. With this update, you can now do this out of the desktop out of Power BI desktop instead of doing a, a data flow and then doing your reporting based on that data flow. So this, that, this makes is, it, that makes so much sense and will make it so much more accessible. Yes and no. Um, it, it, it is definitely a new cool tool to have. It's not a, a required tool, but I, I think it's a, definitely a step in the right direction. But keep in mind, this is still a premium-only feature. So you will need either a P1 an EM or an A SKU in order to use these um, ML features. But they, they are definitely going to be a driver, I think. A lot of my, my clients and customers that think that the premium SKU is too expensive, I think they're going to find that this is what really drives home that this is useful. There's so many interesting things you can do with the AI stuff. Um, that you cannot do unless you have a premium account. So that that's super cool. And remind me again, it's Power BI Pro that's included in M365 E5. Correct. Yeah. So this wouldn't be included in that then? No. No. Only the the nicest Power BI one. Yeah. Th so, so the requirement here is for you to have what is known as dedicated capacity. Yeah. And this is where you do not run on the shared capacity, but you have your own X number of, of CPUs and memory to, to run this workload on. Could we could we start with something else? Can we go can we go with your toy? Yeah, of course. Where is the toy? It's somewhere around here. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to pick up one Surface Pro X at Microsoft Ignite just about a week ago. Uh, the entire story of how I got it was quite interesting, but we'll save that for another time. But let's just say I was first, first in line and one of the four people that got one Surface Pro X at Microsoft Ignite. Only four? I thought there were five. No, they, uh, in the end, they, they turned out to be four. So oh. the fifth person must have been quite sad. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. Uh, but basically, Surface Pro X is an ARM-based Surface Pro so the benefits of that is that it's a bit thinner, uh, built in LTE. It has a bigger screen than the regular Surface Pro. Uh, so it's actually a 13-inch screen in a 12-inch uh, chassis. Uh, USB 3 uh, or USB-C, two ports actually, um, and the Surface Connect. So I've used it 
a bit, not as much as I wanted to, but that's uh, due to me not having a keyboard yet, since they ha didn't have any European keyboards at Microsoft Ignite. So I'm waiting for my keyboard, which should arrive next Tuesday. Um, but so far, the screen is absolutely gorgeous. It's such a wonderful picture. Uh, I really like the format of it. It looks really sleek. It feels really sleek. And I may have a soft spot for the black chassis, of course. Uh, my Surface Laptop 2 is black, my Pro is black, and my new laptop, Surface Laptop 3, which now has been delayed, um, is also black. So it could be something. That's the only place I like dark mode, by the way. Hmm. Um, so I feel that it works as expected. It's not the fastest device that you could have, and that's really not why I'm using it. For the ARM-based CPU, I'm, I'm pleased with that. Everything I do works brilliantly. I have a hard time with the change, uh, change position of the um, buttons, because they have now moved both the volume, the on and off button, everything like that, to the uh, sides of the device, instead of having them on top when having them in uh, like the regular mode. And that really messes up how I use it, because I bump into and, and press the buttons at all times, since you're actually are usually holding the device from that angle. Hmm. So the, the reason for them to move it is probably because they wanted to... Like, most people aren't using their Pro in portrait mode. I do that fairly often when I take notes with the pen. Uh, by the way, I'm using an old Surface Pen, which works brilliantly. I'm actually not buying the new one, and I'm not buying the signature cover either. I'm going for the regular cover. Uh, but the positioning of the buttons really messes up how I use and carry the device. It could improve when I get a keyboard, but currently I would have preferred to have them on top still. Okay. But other than that, I'm, I'm very pleased. I'm also waiting for my USB-C um, hub that I will be getting today, hopefully. I went for a Dell one there. Uh, was uh, quite cool, actually. So, um, Is it the small puck thingy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got that one, and I think it, it's brilliant. I, I yep. use it for my, my uh, Go. Yeah. So I'm, I'm DP300 or something like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because of the variation of ports you get and mm. the form factor, everything like that. But all in all, so far, I'm very, very pleased with the Pro X. Uh, you need to, as with the Go, be very certain on how you're going to use it. Uh, because it, it will not be a good, like, workstation. It will not. The, the, the CPU is just not good enough. And that, that's why I'm still questioning why you would buy a Pro X with any other SKU that I, the, and the one I have. Of course, you, you could use the more disk space, but I'd see no point in getting a 16 gigs Pro X, as an example. Right. It's but, still a 32-bit CPU, too. No, it's a 64-bit CPU. Oh, but yeah, the, true, true. yeah, But you can't run 64-bit x86 apps on it. it, it can't is, emulate. Is, is that going to be a yet 
or is that going to be a fact going forward? I think I think that's going to be a fact. As far as I've understood it, that's Intel blocking Microsoft from doing that kind of emulation. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, but more and more store apps are getting out in 64-bit versions. So I know that Adobe have inv- will be investing in that. Uh, a lot of games from the store runs in that mode. Uh, so there are options, but like... You can't run Hyper-V on it. As Fair, an enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But I'm, I'm really pleased. And we'll get back to the ARM stuff a bit later. Mm-hmm. But so far, I'm very pleased. And for the purpose, I'll be using it for. So when flying to work on that, um, as a lighter machine compared to the, the new uh, laptop 15-inch that I'll be getting. Sure. Uh, so it's a, it's a companion device. It's not my primary device. And um, I really like that form factor. I'm... I'm using it quite a lot, like I said, in portrait mode, taking notes. Mm-hmm. That's a good way for me to um, enforce the learning, especially when I'm out speaking to users. Um, but I also see very little point in buying... If you own a Surface Pen today and don't have the need for the more advanced functions that you would get from a later edition of it, I see very little reason f- to buy that pen. And I think the signature keyboard, I haven't compared them, but the pricing of the signature keyboard to get that wireless charging, it's just too steep for me. So I'm getting yeah. the uh, the regular keyboard. Uh, and also based on the reviews I've seen, the regular keyboard should be a bit more sturdy than the uh, signature keyboard. Which is odd in itself, but uh, yeah, that's how it, it is. It is what it is. Good. Uh, But speaking about ARM, and let's see if I can find my links here. As you may know, we have been able to manage ARM devices with Intune and Config Manager for for quite a while, Mm -hmm. which is uh, great, of course. Uh, But now with 19.09, the new update to Windows, they are actually uh, giving new features to the ARM-based Windows 10 devices as well. Mm-hmm. So not only can we manage it with the regular tools we're using, we can now, since 1909, use uh, Credential Guard on ARM64 devices. So oh. if you domain join an, an ARM device, as an example, uh, you can now protect those credentials uh, using uh, Credential Guard, mm-hmm. which is uh, absolutely great. Uh, speaking on that and moving on to 1909... Uh, because th- I, I believe there will be additional features coming to ARM-based devices as well. Uh, but with 1909, Microsoft is actually introducing a number of different things. Have you updated to 1909 yet on any of your devices? I have. Um, I actually put 1909 on my uh, my original Surface laptop and on my Go. And my immediate thought was it snappier. Yep. And how did you find the update? I, I took it from MSDN. Ah, you updated it. Oh, you did it that way. Yeah. Then you missed out with one of the biggest news in terms of 1909, since that's the first servicing, doing air quotes here, update uh, for Windows 10. Uh-huh. So my update from 1903 to 1909 took less than 10 minutes and worked just as any Windows update. So if you are on 1903 and go to 1909, you will get the new quicker 
uh, servicing approach to Windows updates. If you're on anything earlier than 1903, you will get the same experience as you're used to. But from 1909, and we'll see how they will spin this. My guess would be that they will be using servicing um, for at least the autumn or fall release of Windows 10, and perhaps not for the spring release, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but you will get a much, much easier upgrade experience. Cool. And less downtime. Uh, great. We also have some new uh, features in BitLocker. So you can now rotate recovery passwords on MDM-managed devices. Oh, and that's useful. Yeah. So you can do key rolling and key rotation, uh, either on demand or when a BitLocker divide is open with a key so that a user shouldn't be able to save the BitLocker key and use the same key over and over again. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's absolutely brilliant, works great so far. And it currently requires um, Intune to do that, as far as I can tell, and Azure AD, of course. Uh, other than that, we uh, new features to containers, new features to sandbox, which is something I would love to play around more with uh, in terms of Windows client operating system. This one you will uh, love, I would say, moving forward. Uh, of course, Microsoft Endpoint Manager, so we now have the ability to manage our devices using that. Windows 10 and Enterprise in S mode, and this is a huge feature, so hold your horses. We can now install and manage any Win32 app we want on these devices without leaving S-Mode. But remind me again, why would I want to have S-Mode in the first place? Because it will only allow signed apps to run, apps that you have controlled and that Microsoft have controlled. So you would then get a better performance and a higher degree of security because you wouldn't be allowed to run anything else than apps from the store or uh, Microsoft first-party apps. Yeah, and you, you, you say this as it is a good thing. So for me, S-Mode is not a good idea. For users with no requirements for any special stuff, it might be actually a very good thing. Yes, but that's the thing that comes here then. So from 1909, you are able to allow your own line of business apps to run on S-Mode. Mm. So you don't need to deploy them using the store. You don't need to deploy them or um, like unlock S-Mode uh, to the regular mode. So it's so kind of a whitelisting of applications for S-Mode. Yes, exactly. Other than that, we... And, and this one... Uh, is something I never heard about, but makes so much sense. Do you remember when, when AMD introduced their three-core CPUs? Yeah, absolutely. The, the four-core, that was too crappy to do four-core, so they did three. Exactly. Now, Intel and Microsoft is doing the opposite. Uh, because introduced in 1909 is something called... Let's see if I can... Favored CPU core optimization. So some cores are created differently from other cores. So Windows will be able uh, to see which of the cores in this Intel CPU 
have the possibility to be boosted even further because they may have a slightly different voltage or power characteristic than the other cores and it will be used to push those so threads that run on one single call core will be um, given to the core that uh, will be able to be boosted in the most favorable way and According to Intel, this could deliver more than a 15% better single-threaded performance on existing CPUs. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So that could be one of the reasons why you find your devices snappier with 1909, if they are Intel-based. Uh, they also and they, are, they need to be supporting something called Intel Turbo Boost Max Technology 3.0. We need but to have a talk with someone's marketing department. <laughs> Definitely. But but that's a quite cool feature, I would say. Yeah, sounds like it. Yep. So, moving on to what will actually be... And there are a bunch of other 1909 features, of course. But moving on to Microsoft Endpoint Manager and uh, the technical preview of what's now called Microsoft Endpoint Configuration Manager. So now, no more SCCM. It's now MECM. Doesn't roll out off the tongue as easy as SCCM, though. Mm. Uh, 1911, the technical preview was released, and the, the main thing is, of course, the name change. Uh, but we also have a new feature or a new rebranding of what's was previously called Delivery Optimization in Network Cache, or DOINK. Their market, the marketing department did something right, but it's now instead called Microsoft Connected Cache. And that's used to allow co-managed devices, so Intune and Config Manager managed devices, where you deploy Win32 apps from Intune to leverage a local DP for that content. Which is, is a great way of, of taking some of the strain off your networking. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of Intune, I think we actually discussed the uh, the feature that was released just prior to Ignite, that you will be able to manage um, uh, firmware updates and configuration over the air with Intune. Yep. Uh, and since Intune, we have had one new, or since Microsoft Ignite, we have had one new release, which actually includes the new improved Mac OS enrollment experience that were shown off at Microsoft Ignite. So it's right. already released. And uh, the new ability to launch web apps from the company portal app. So instead of pushing down a web link that would be installed and put on your desktop or in your start menu, you're now able to publish uh, web links to your company portal and then uh, open it in your browser. And I think all of that points again to Microsoft trying to make uh, our workflows simpler and more streamlined. I would have to agree. Yes, it's, it's I, I really like this um, unification and moving towards this a common goal that we have seen out of Microsoft Ignite. And I, I think we can safely say that we are starting to see this through all the, the business applications that Microsoft is releasing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I, I've i done something, actually. Oh, no. Yes. So we now have a Knee Deep in Tech Twitter account. 
which will be the primary Twitter account for Needy Pintech uh, information going forward. So nice. everything will be tweeted by at Needy Pintech. So do go and follow Needy Pintech. We will, of course, um, uh, retweet this from our own personal accounts. But again, it's going to be Needy Pintech that does the main tweeting going forward. Cool. And I think that's pretty much it for this week. A, a semi-slow semi episode. But I must say this is one of the best episodes for this entire day. Thank you, Simon, for that wonderful insight. And on that very dud, <laughs> I think it's time to end the show. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We will be back either next week at Experts Live or the week after that. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. Bye.